Welcome, pour yourself a bowl of cereal, grab a spot on the couch, and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. I'm your host, Jax, and yes, we are back. I do apologize about that long hiatus. Um, unfortunately, something personal happened to my family, and I'd like to thank everyone for their kind wishes and for understanding in this difficult time. Um, but, you know, it's time we get back on the horse and get back going with the podcast. <laughs> so today we're going to hear from Jackson the Past and AJ as they discuss the 2017 remake of Beauty and the Beast and hear their thoughts, feelings, and so on. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to hear a little bit of a word from some new friends at the Zeng This Podcast, as well as some old friends at the... Oh my god, I apologize because I just remembered your name and it just slipped. I love you guys. I Secret transmission. There we go. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that slip. Um, but yes, yeah, some dear friends of mine that we've heard from before and I'm proud to be sharing them with you again. So without further ado, let's hear those words from our friends and then we'll get right into Jack's from the past and AJ. This is the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and the conspiracies, the friends and the supernatural. We're a podcast that talks about weird things like number stations, the Bermuda Triangle, the Salem Witch Trials, time travel, the moon landing, the Zika virus, serial killers, cults, the deep web, UFOs, superstitions. We cover it all. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Secret Transpod, at S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Do you like video games? Do you like comics? Do you like movies? I'm Ellie. I'm Zinger, and we're the host of... Zing This Podcast. We discuss nerdy topics every week on our podcast. What are some of the best ways to find our podcast, Ellie? You can search us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And don't forget, that's Z-E-N-G. This. We hope to see you guys there. Every week, we have new nerdy topics. Yay! Say AJ. What, Jax? You know what we need? What do we need? Another Disney remake. You know what? That sounds great. Can we make it live action? Only if they're singing. Okay, well, so we gotta make a musical. Yes. Okay. But the doubt is, what movie do we choose? Well, it needs to be something that's beloved and cherished, and something that people totally haven't asked me for a, um, a remake of, even though they really haven't. Hunchback, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm, I'm not so sure about that one. Like, they need to work on the makeup for Quasimodo just a bit. Plus, remember, Frollo, little rapey there. Disney's not quite up to speed with that yet. Okay. How about Chicken Little? Even I didn't watch the original Chicken Little. Uh-uh. How about something with less talking animals, but there still needs to be something talking, like an inanimate object? I got it. Beauty what? and the Beast. There we go. Oh, and can it star Emma Watson? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And can it have a really weird CGI beast that just makes you really uncomfortable thinking about the bestiality aspects? Mm, yes, definitely. But we need to also throw in a lot of really random stuff that the original didn't have, but for no reason. 
Right, right. Oh, oh, and can we have Sir Ian McKellen in one of his worst roles yet? Yes, definitely need Sir Ian McKellen in this. Definitely. <sighs> Yay, Gandalf! Yay! So, if you haven't guessed... We went to see the Beauty and the Beast remake. Uh, went a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we had to have some time to think things over before we bought our little discussion to you. Yes. So, we're going to jump right in. We're going to talk a little bit. There will be some spoilers, but come on, like, 90% of it's the same movie as the cartoon from 91. Seriously, at this point, the movie was, the original movie and the original story was back in 91. If you're complaining about spoilers... This is your warning. I was going to say shut the hell up, but eh, that works too. Eh, well, same thing. Yeah. We don't want to hear it. You don't want to say it, so we're good. Yeah. All right. So... So... For those who don't know and need a refresher, there's this dude. Uh, he's like a prince or something. And he is just a little affluenza kid, like really stuck up, whatever, looks or everything. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, I am like gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so he is he's mean to this woman who turns out to be a beautiful, a beautiful sorceress. She enchants him in his entire castle because, yes, he has a castle. Mm-hmm. And... He becomes a beast, everyone inside becomes an inanimate object, though what happened to the original, to all the plates, the teapot, the harpsichord, the wardrobe, did they have, like, extras now or Here's something? my thought. Beast, in a fit of rage, destroyed them all, really hoping none of them were his actual servants. <laughs> yeah, if the palace, at the, at the end, if the palace was a little bit sparse, we'll know why. Yeah. <laughs> but then where they get the stuff? Anyways. <laughs> My question is, how many dead bodies are they going to find afterwards? There was a fight at the end, so, you know, maybe a few. Mm, okay. Uh, so, anyways, some time passes. In the movie, in the cartoon, it was like 10 years or 11 years or something. Yeah, and in the, in the original cart, the original animated movie, they say, I think it was like 10 years. 10 years we've been resting. That yes. was the line from Be Our Guest. And I think they changed it in this one to many years we've been resting. Yes. So, yeah. I have a theory on how many years it's been, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yep. All right, so then we go fast forward to now, and there's a little village, and there's a girl named Belle, and she's, like, totally hot, um, but she doesn't really care. She's She is that nerd girl in all their mat comedies where you put glasses on her, and suddenly she's fugly, and no one likes her. But then you you take your hair down, put the glasses off, and she's a princess. Yes. So, the hot, the, well... Looks-wise, with face symmetrical and all stuff, mm-hmm. we have Gaston, who's really ugly because he's, like, a pompous douchebag. Yeah. I mean, he's ugly by, you know, his attitude actions. and like, actions. You know how, like, when there's a um, homely girl, they say she has a good personality? He does not have a good personality. <laughs> he he is your quintessential jock quarterback of an 80s movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. Except at the end of it, he doesn't get redeemed at all. Nope. No, he gets killed. Yep. And he, yeah, and he outright is killed in this one. And But he deserves, I don't want to say deserves it, but it, trust, it, trust me, he deserves it. <laughs> with it being, you know, and the funny thing is, with this being live action, the, his death in this movie is almost as brutal as the death of, um, what's his name in Tarzan? Oh, Clayton. Yeah. Because anyone remember Tarzan and Clayton's death? I was fucking brutal. For those that don't remember, Clayton and Tarzan were swinging in the trees. Clayton fell. A vine got wrapped around his neck. And because he starts struggling, he falls and breaks his own neck and gets hung. And don't you see, like, the shadow of him or something? Yes, you do. Disney was going through a very interesting time in the late 90s. Yes. 
We've already talked about Frollo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so Belle, something happens, blah, 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 Stockholm Syndrome, stuck in the castle, falls mm-hmm. off the beast, um, and breaks the curse and all as well, and everybody goes back to normal. Right. So that's the basic story. Now we're going to talk about basically a few changes and what we liked and didn't like about them. Mm-hmm. So the first one we'll start off with is this movie did expand, so one of the things I liked is they actually gave you the backstory to Belle's mother and the Beast family. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Belle's mother, you find out that her and her father lived in Paris, and her mom got the plague, and her dad took her out of there. But let's discover how they found out about the plague. First, let me talk about the Beast mom. Oh, okay. Basically, Beast mom got sick and died. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have cried at that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and I don't cry, so, you know, this had to be something special. And then he was main, raised, mainly raised by his dad, who was the self-centered jerk. Um, he is the reason for the affluenza. Yes. Um, I could relate him to a certain political figure, but we're not going to go into politics right now. Yes. Um, but so that's what raised him to be how he was, how selfish, and just basically everything, just non-caring and only worrying about certain things in life, like um, influence. Yeah. Um, so... Now going along to how they found out, because we're going to skip ahead here, but we need to talk about how they found out about Belle's mom. So when Belle is imprisoned at the Beast Castle, um, we all know that scene where he talks about the rose and he tells her what the curse is and all that. This is also after he's given her the library and whatnot. And then there's also a mirror that the the old witch gave him and all that. That's all, right? You know, she, she took things from him, so she gave them. No, she gave him a book. Yes, she get the witch gave him a book as a punishment. But it's kind of awesome. It's a magic book. Like you open the book and there's a map of the world and you just think of a place and you're taken there. But if you've never been there before, how exactly can you think of that place? And considering Belle was a baby when she knew about Paris, I think like if I thought Gary, Indiana. It's going to take me to get Indiana, even though I've never been there, and I can get shot then. Yes, <laughs> so that's according to Reddit's rules. Reddit's how I know about Gary, Indiana. And let's talk about the rules of the book. So, I think it all fall, a lot of it falls under the logic of this. Because, I mean, I know it's, oh yes, it's magic, but... Okay, again, you've never been there. You imagine a place, all of a sudden you're there. So let's just say the book has some power to keep you from, you know, splicing yourself into walls. Mm-hmm. Um, what's to say you appear on the ground? Because the level of that place where Belle ended up is a lot higher than the rest of Paris. True. So all of a sudden she appears, you know, at that same level, maybe accidentally 100 feet away because she was thinking of looking outside when she was a kid or a baby. Whatever. But it's just, again, I'm getting facetious on the rules of it, Mm -hmm. but the whole idea of the book was ridiculous, didn't need to be in there. They just put it in there as a a MacGuffin for the solution to finding out about her mom. And even more so of a question is, okay, so are you really there, or is it like Mm -hmm. um, that thing from Star Trek where you're in that room and the holodeck? Is it like the holodeck, or are you actually physically there? It looked like it was the holodeck. Okay. But here's the thing. That book 
was probably just one of the most awful ideas in this movie. I because it's just like, where did that come from? Yeah, uh, it's again, like you said, it's a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. But it's something that was never mentioned before this point in the movie, and it's never mentioned afterwards. It's just there for that one scene and gone. So what happens to this book after everything changes? Does it go away? Does the witch come and take it? You know when. Yeah. We don't know. Okay, so, enough about the darn book. <laughs> yeah, let's talk more about the um, character traits. One thing I really liked is Bells to me seemed a little bit more intelligent in this movie than the original. And I, well, let me explain that because <laughs> I know I'm gonna get an argument here. So she, I, I heard I heard this from someone else. Or I read this somewhere where it was more like she was the inventor than her father. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. For example, when her father was building something or working on like a little clock or a music box or something, mm-hmm. he would say, "I need this the um, the um," and then she handed the right tool. Uh, I don't think it's or she the act- gear, or the piece, or whatever. Exactly, and then she actually created a washing machine because you know there's like a little pond well area where everyone in the um, town washes their laundry. And she took basically some rocks or something, her clothes, a barrel, hooked it up to a donkey so he'd walk around and roll and it wash her clothes. Yep. And watched the town, and then sat there reading. And then she taught a little girl to read, and the town was <gasps> shocked. How dare her? She teaches a girl to read. Those were actual lines in the movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then they then re- ruined her washing. Yes. By throwing it on the ground in front of the, you know, washing bit. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. So, she that just kind of showed how intelligent she was. I kind of liked that bit just because it added a little bit more uh, dimension to her character. When, right. In the original, we, she reads. Therefore, we know she's intelligent. Right, and, but that's the thing. She's intelligent in a different way in this movie. She has much less common sense in this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just talk about a scene in the movie. She's asking the, you know... She's sitting there and she's asking the captive inanimate... The animate objects of the castle, Well, why don't you just leave? So, think about that for a second. So the tea- why why don't the tea kettle, the candelabra, and the clock just up and leave being sentient objects to a world where witchcraft is probably still thought of and, you know, hung for and burned for? I think I'll really hang them, but I'm pretty sure that wooden clock could get burned up by click quickly. Oh, yeah. So, it, so, yeah, no, they're not going to leave. What? Really, they're... She's a fucking teapot, Belle. Come on. Yeah. It's that, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I get, like, a little kid might ask that question, so it might have mm-hmm. been answering a little kid's question, but yeah. common sense. Come on. No, you can't. And I would have understood more if they respond with, well, we're cursed. We can't really, we, we really we couldn't survive leave. in our, without the human form. Yeah, or just say something like, oh, yeah, if we leave the castle, we'll become frozen like the objects that we represent. Yeah. Boom, there you go. That's that's the Something answer. Something, just to put there. But they don't say that. They just say, oh, we're here because we love the prince. Or, you know, we grew up with the prince and all that kind of jazz. Yep. We are loyal to the asshole. Yes, because we care about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not his fault. Speaking of things not his fault, 
I have a theory that the spell in this movie only lasted maybe a couple years at most. I would say about three years, I would guess. Two to three is my guess, yeah. yeah. Now, the reason of this is because a few pieces of evidence here I did my research. Mm-hmm. So when we first get to the cat, when they first show everybody turning, we see the rose, and we see it's full of petals. Mm-hmm. Then when Belle gets to the castle, we see the rose again. It has 75, 80% of those petals still, just by how full it is. Yep. Um, and then while Belle is there, which is maybe a few mu- a couple months. You know, it's supposed to be a couple months, possibly, but it feels like a couple days. Yeah, I, well, they fell in love, so I'll, I'll give it maybe a month. Let's hope, because it feels like it Well, goes- he had to Beast get hurt during the wolf attack, so he had to heal. Yes, he did have to heal. However, in the original animated movie, they showed the passage of time by going from, I guess, spring, uh, summer, fall, to winter, to spring again. Yeah. In this movie, they the part of the curse leaves the castle in internal winter. Right, but we don't see the seasons change at all in the village. But that's and but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't see that change, so it makes you think it's maybe, maybe a month. I think, yeah. And, the, well, the town also didn't seem that concerned that Belle wasn't there. And considering mm-hmm. how much Gaston wants to rape her, I mean marry her, it's kind of... Well, and keep in mind how yeah. much... Okay. Keep in mind how much time passes um, between what things are supposed to happen. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, her father, who is... Re- when, you know, Belle takes his place, he's released, he goes back, he gets back to the town. Let's say that takes, let's say, a day. It doesn't take a day. They're... No, it doesn't take a day. But let's say a day. He gets there. He talks to the Gaston. Gaston takes him out to search all night for Belle in the woods. And Gaston does what he does best and it be, is being an asshole and leaves him to die with the wolves. So in that time, let's say he's probably not out there for more than a day. Yeah. He gets found and he gets help taken care of to come back. And that's maybe a week at the most. Yeah. Then he comes back and talks to Gaston about the beast and in front of the in front of everyone, and all of a sudden everyone thinks he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And let's say it takes another. Well, I say Gaston was probably already searching, already had this plan in mind to make him crazy. Let's say another week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another week to find you know find the person and get them there to take him off to the loony bin. Yeah. All right. At this point, Belle needs to go and save him. Not even a day. So we're looking two weeks. I'm going a little bit longer, just again, because back to the petals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by there's still like 89 percent there, so mm-hmm. he'd probably been frozen for a, a year. Uh, they're frozen for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they and when they first got there, you show showed the petals there. Mm-hmm. Now you can actually pull. But by the end of the movie, when we have like the whole thing where um, Belle has to go save her father from mm-hmm. the townspeople trying to throw him in the bed, loony bin. Yeah. There was, like, very few petals left. So, which means they fell a lot more rapidly at that time. Mm-hmm. So, that tells me, though, she had to be there for a couple months just because of how fast they fell, mm-hmm. if they fell at a constant rate. Now, maybe they fell more quickly at certain points, um, but we don't know that. Um, my we... other reasoning okay, is that Mr. and Mrs. Potts, because we actually meet Mrs. Potts' husband in the movie, mm-hmm. he... He does not. His age is not that different from hers. Like yeah. if they were children for like ten, twenty years, it would have been a lot different. Um, as well as Sir E. McKellen, was that his wife? Yeah, that was his. The gossip. The town gossip wenchy world lady, mm-hmm. not wench, but 
town gossip, who was, like, holier than thou, she ends up being married to Cogsworth. Mm-hmm. And when they get turned back into uh, humans, he's there chanting, back into a clock, back into a clock. Because, <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for him, too. Because yeah. uh, he's changed for the better. She, not so much. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's because their ages, that's why I think it was only for so long. And then going on into them only being at the castle like a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the town since the town was in perpetual, the castle was perpetual winter, and the town never reached winter. I'm thinking that it was like basically over the summer. Okay. So that's where I'm coming from with uh, my timeline. Okay. Now, are you suggesting though that there that time was frozen for the three years before that before her father first shows up at the castle? No, I said there was like 80-90% of the... I'm thinking something changed the constant rate. The pedals dropped were not a constant rate. Mm-hmm. But I'm only thinking a couple years just because it... I can't see it only being a few months. Cause I need to give time for Beast to learn to be lonely. Right, but for the time that, that it took for those petals to fall and the time that the rose was originally created, yeah, it all seems really off. Yeah, true. The, it's just really odd, like, because they tried to give more of a timeline. Um, part of the curse also this time involved mm-hmm. for making it so everybody around the, t- the castle forgot it existed. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting because there are scenes where um, Belle goes back. Okay, so Belle looks in the mirror, sees her mm-hmm. father in trouble, so she leaves to go see him. It's evening then. She gets back, it's still evening. Mm-hmm. She shows the Gaston and all the people the mirror. They realize there's a beast, and they go as a mob to go kill him. Mm-hmm. They go to the castle. It's still nighttime. I'm wondering, is this like a half hour away if you know the way? Yeah. In which case, do you not look in the distance and see the friggin' spires of the castle? Yeah. Now, okay, I I think we've made our point with this, with the rose. I mean, we've kind of gone on a little long about it. Yeah. It's basically our point is they try to answer some questions, but they rose a lot more. Yes. It's like watching an episode of Lost. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the hardcore gay sex scene. Oh, yes, totally. So it's actually two scenes Mm -hmm. and all together. It's like a second long. Yep. So during the mob attack on the castle, the wardrobe. She fights with the only thing she has, which is all the clothes in her drawers, and she throws at these guys to scare so, them. Well, you remember in the original animated movie, during the big fight scene with the animate objects, the guy get, gets thrown into the wardrobe and comes out wearing a dress, and he's all scared and runs, runs off. In this version, it's three guys. They get surrounded by her magic fabric, and all of a sudden, they're all wearing women's clothing. Two guys, yeah, two guys get scared and run off. One guy just kind of grins and smiles and is like, I'm good with and, this. Uh, talk, you know, and just prances off. Yep. And you know what? Maybe he's gay. Maybe he just likes to feel pretty. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a very far reach. But then that leads to the end of the movie. There's a big dance going on at the castle. Mm-hmm. And unlike the beginning of the movie where it was only the pretty people and it was basically all women and then the beast. Yeah. This is all men, women, the entire town. Yeah. And uh, LaFoe, the Don's little buddy, mm-hmm. he is dancing, you know, he's dancing, and all of a sudden they switch partners and ends up with the guy who is in the dress and happy. And they kind of smell each other. That's it. That's it. Now, here's the thing, though. So, that's another, that, that it's ridiculous that this was even a controversy in the first place. 
Um, but I do have one issue with the whole idea, and it's not because you know, it's not because anything was done positively or negatively. It's because the changes they made in the storyline. So Lafoe is you know, it has kind of a hero worship thing with Gaston, mm-hmm. along with you can t- obviously tell they're trying to portray a bit of an attraction. But it's very. Stu- it's not subtle, but it's. But it, it's a lot, it's not like slap you in the face, I'm gay. It's, Smithers and the Simpsons is like ten times more flaming than, than LaFoe. Yeah, exactly. And look, for little kids, unless the parent makes up something, the kids can, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's all he is, that's it. Yeah, so here's the thing. In the original movie, LaFoe went with Gaston and he was all for killing the beast and everything, and just gung-ho about it. Yeah. In this movie... LaFoe starts to see the error of his ways before they go they go for the scene to ki- yeah. to kill the beast and he's re- he's kind of sitting there unsure of whether or not they should go and kill him mm. and when they're going to kill him. Well, this goes back to that scene you mentioned where Maurice Bell's father was in the woods and mm-hmm. Maurice is trying to show Gaston where the castle is and Gaston's just trying to like you know butter him up because he wants to marry Bell. Mm-hmm. But when Maurice makes it clear Gaston will not marry Belle, mm-hmm. basically he does something. I forget what he does exactly, but basically Maurice gets knocked out. And Gaston then ties him to a tree and leaves him out for the wolves. Mm-hmm. And Lafoe is concerned about this. Mm-hmm. So that's when the facade the, um, and Gaston start to crack a little bit for Lafoe. Mm-hmm. And then during the whole mob battle in the castle scene, mm-hmm. something happened to Lafoe where he got trapped underneath something a piece of debris that fell. Mm-hmm. And he called out for Gaston for help, and Gaston told him no, and Gaston ignored him. You mm-hmm. know, he knows Gaston heard him, and got, Gaston ignored him because he had to go find Bell or kill the yeah. beast. And I think that pretty much sealed it. I think actually Gaston made some sort of snide comment before he left too. He, yeah, I said something. But here, but that's the thing. I'm all good, all good. I'm all for and good, you know, expanding characters in this movie. And making Lafoe, you know, gay or bisexual even is, it's a given considering the way the character is written. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a fop. Um, but here's the thing. I feel that the only reason they gave him this turn against Gaston is because they made him a gay character. Because they couldn't show a gay character in a negative light. Right. Because then there'd be even bigger uproar. Exactly. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's well, it's because everyone has to be PC. That it may that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. It's because people are afraid to take risks or do characters certain ways. Yeah. Because they have to worry about the sponsors and the ad and the you know all these other little things. Yeah. Like if you want to write a character, write a character. But mm-hmm. you, they're so afraid of what's gonna happen, they have to like toe the line very carefully. Okay. I can see that. Um. Let's see. Um. Something else about Gaston. His competitiveness is shown a lot greater than the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, in the cartoon, I think he just comes up and stabs Beast, and mm-hmm. that's it. This one, he shoots him with, like, two different guns three times. That's partially because they've expen- they've definitely gotten to a fairly different time period in this movie yeah. than the original one. The costume and the dress and everything mm-hmm. makes you feel like it's probably mid-1800s. Mm. About thereabouts, maybe late 1800s. Yeah. Um, in the original, it could have easily been the 16, 15, 
hundreds or so and so forth. Yeah. Um, so that changed a little bit. Um, just the time frame was so, but it was like a lot more violent. Like we can't just stab. We stabbed him only once. Now we have to like shoot him mm-hmm. different times. And then those thing would top off Maurice. And then basically, okay. So Beast wants to marry Belle, not because of her, he likes her, mm-hmm. but because she's the prettiest. And so he must have the prettiest because he believes he's the handsomest. Mm-hmm. Now, even though she has told him no privately, where there was no witnesses, he, when there was no witnesses, he must give her a flaw to explain why he's not going to end up with the prettiest girl, mm-hmm. which is why he chooses to lock her in the loony bin with her father and make up this crazy story about her being crazy. He's Just, a narcissist. Yeah. Basically, see the evil queen from Snow White for yeah. more different stuff. All right. Anything else? Um, let's see here. Checking my notes here because I know we already did all that. Um... Oh. So just in general, I got to talk about the music because okay. they cha- they added a few songs. I think they might be from Broadway or something. Well, you can, they, you, they tell they sound like Broadway songs. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You can tell what the added songs are because they sound like a completely different kind of tone and style. Mm-hmm. Like the regular songs, you know, they sound like a mid-early 90s Disney musical song. Yes. The added songs definitely sound like something big and boisterous and made for Broadway. Yes, definitely. Um, the one I really like, though, is called Evermore, and basically mm-hmm. it's the B scene as Belle rides off into Go Save Her Father. Yep. I really like that one. But here's the problem. I can't sing along to move if you change the words and add songs to it. Mm-hmm. Like the person behind us. <laughs> and that leads us into the theater experience. All right, so first off, I know you're not supposed to record films because of all the pirating and stuff, but who in the hell takes a flash photo of a Disney movie in the theater during the movie? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. Okay, let's discuss something else as well with the theater experience. Did you feel bad at all for the ushers or the people who had to clean the theater afterwards? Because the amount of moist seats in that theater over the beast... Was disturbing. Oh, there was something. I forget what it was, but he he growled or something, mm-hmm. and you could hear you could hear the uh, sound effects from all the women who were avid Fifty Shades of Grey readers. Yeah, just the. Oh. And I'm just sitting there going, you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you know, and the thing is, yeah, this is also coming from the women who are. This is after you know Adam has become you know human again. Yeah. And he does that growl. And it's the actor who was in um, uh, Downton Abbey. Who, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, I can understand it. He's a handsome man, but really? Yeah. yeah. And this was, and this was like a, this was um, mm-hmm. this was the opening weekend. We saw it, so there was a lot of adult women, adult men, children mm-hmm. as well. We actually had to line up before we could go into the movie yep. because it was like this was, was not busy and was not one of the assigned seat theaters. And mm-hmm. it took them forever to clean this place, so I feel really bad for them for that as well. Let's discuss one other thing about the theater experience. So, I understand this is a remake, and they're using songs from the original movie and all that all that noise, and people, you know, people love this, this, mu- this movie, and they love the songs, and they want to sing with it. You don't go to a theater to sing along with the movie. Especially opening weekend... When it's a crowd scene for the first time, like the person behind us. If they decide, if they decide to release a sing-along version of the movie, fine, go ahead. I understand that. 
or I will give you I'll give you slight pass mm-hmm. if it's been out like three four weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And you know most people are and it's a lot of people saying it um, for like a repeat performance or it's not as crowded or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you don't go opening night or not opening. We saw like it was opening Saturday. it was opening weekend essentially. Yeah, it's just no. And these are also the same ones that were doing the whole oh beast. Be still my heart. Yes. Um. So yeah, that just kind of, you know, there, there the movie's there for everyone to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So you want like I was like lip singing along, whatever, you know, not out loud because can't. Well, say yeah, it. but you're lip singing. That's different from actually. Yeah, that's my point. Bringing that's what voice you do. out of your throat. Yep. That's what you do. It's mm-hmm. you know it's it's there so everyone can enjoy a movie, not just you and your friend. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving along. Um, other part of the theater experience is I want to talk a little bit about the um, trailers we saw. Okay. So we saw a trailer for Power Rangers. Yeah. It looked really good. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. We saw a trailer for The Boss Baby. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm, I've am i heard it's a really different movie than what the trailer per- perceives it as, mm-hmm. but I'm not really... Eh. Yeah, I'm not. I, I still... I, I think I'm going to wait for a rental on that one if we even see it at all. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean 5, whatever it's called... Um, apparently there's zombie sharks, so that's the only thing that has my interest right now. <laughs> Smurfs the Lost Village. Oh, let's see the entire plot of the movie in the trailer. That's my biggest problem with that current trailer, is that beforehand, you they kept, you know, the secret of who the new Smurfs were, or if they were Smurfs, or whatever was going on beforehand. A secret. And it have been great. And you know what would have been even better? Leaving it a secret until the movie came out. Even better than that? Not having them be girl Smurfs like it's uh, like it would obviously would be. And it go half over half the trailer is then once they reveal their girl Smurfs, over half the trailer is of the girl Smurfs and them doing stuff. It's like if you just give us like a quick flash, like there's mm-hmm. a mask that someone pulls the mask and there's a girl Smurf, cut to you know Smurfs coming out this state, whatever. Yeah, that's fine, but no. Mm- um. There's also the um, I, I there was my thought originally before it got revealed. I was like sitting there going, okay. Here's some cool thoughts on who who could be. What about this? What about that? My favorite thought was, hey, what if they're snorks? <laughs> That'd have been cool. But, uh, whatever. Yep. And then we saw the trailer for Despicable Me 3. I am torn on this movie because Trey Parker is in it. But everything else in the trailer makes me go, no. No, the first trailers are look good. You know, the one where it shows Trey Parker doing his uh, whole heist. Yeah. Ever since they've revealed the long-lost twin brother... Simpsons, hello. Yeah, it's... Eh. I mean, it's not a twin brother, of course, in The Simpsons, and I don't think it's a twin brother here either, but... I, I think he's just trying to get... The, the twin brother, mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes, is basically stringing uh, Gru along as a patsy. Yeah. It's really obvious, but, but it, it, I'm hoping I'm wrong. Yeah, but it, that's the thing. It looks... now The new trailers with it just makes me not want to see it. Yeah. And finally, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. Only reason I bring up this one is because the kids' parents are played by Alicia Silverstone, mm-hmm. aka Cher from Clueless, yep. and Tom Everett Scott, aka the drummer from That Thing You Do, and the main guy in American War from Paris, and he was in Dead Man on Campus, and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. They have fallen so far. I'd respect the sci fi channel movie more. You know, just. I'm just like, so, oh my god, this is your roles you're reduced to? Like, this- granted, I haven't seen you anything for a while, but. <laughs> It but just th- makes my heart hurt. <laughs> this ma- movie, the trailer itself, you know what it makes me think of? What? You remember the movie that came out a couple of year ago, 
a couple of years ago. The No Good, Bad, Horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Judy Moody or something? No, 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 no. Judy Moody is, is another thing. This is another book that came out when we were kids. And it's about his No Good, Bad, Horrible, Piece of Shit Day, whatever. The oh, The Terrible Day, whatever thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. There was another one where it was like something about a girl... And a bad day, and her aunt, which was played by Drew Barrymore, and I tried to watch it, but I didn't make it more yeah. than like ten minutes in. Right. And I'm sure five of those minutes were me on my phone trying to find, trying to distance myself. Anyway, truthfully, we uh, with, with as much as we've complained about, we did really enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, looking back on it after a while, I have my nitpicks. Yeah, but it's it was enjoyable enough that it made it that we were able to think about more and find these nitpicks. Where if we didn't like it. We've forgotten about it. Yeah. So, um, that's it for now. We're going to go take it back to Jack's in the present to finish up this podcast. So, um, overall, I give this movie a check it out. I give it a, hey, go see it in a matinee. Jack's from the Past is back. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to Saturday Morning Pajamas this week. It is always my pleasure to meet with you and talk to all my listeners. And, you know, you bring such joy to my life, and I've missed you these past two months. <laughs> Starting this Saturday and going forward every Saturday, there is going to be a new episode available sometime early in the morning at your favorite podcast, uh, Slow Catcher. I do want to give a special shout-out to all our listeners at TuneIn, iTunes, Podbean Player, Google Play Music, Stitcher, as well as many others. You are what makes us do what we do, and you are always a pleasure. If you have not heard of these particular podcast services, I definitely encourage you to go check it out. Or not check it out, check them out, because there's a ton of other great podcasts available. Um, I have many friends on these, and it's just something great to listen to. For those of you, though, who like your podcast but like something a little different, I do want to remind everyone that if you go to audibletrial.com slash SMP, you can definitely check out a free 30-day trial of Audible. You get a free audiobook to listen to, you know, when you're done listening to me as well as my friends. Um, as well, if you decide to keep the subscription going after the initial month, I believe it starts around $15 a month and you get a free audio free in quotation marks audio booked um for the 15 dollars, and you get discounts on others and it's a really great service so you should definitely check it out um as well if you like this podcast even a little bit why not consider donating to our patreon you can find links to the audible as well as our patreon pages uh, we have patreon.com as well as the Podbean player um patreon so you could do either one um whatever ones you're comfortable with because you know Donations are donations. I ain't picky. <laughs> uh, but you can find links to both at our blog post on nonoms.net. Along with that, you'll find on the blog post some information about the movie today, things we've talked about, links to the podcast, uh, promos I played for Zangless, and oh my god, I need to start having stuff written in front of me because I just never remember things. Secret Transmission. <laughs> Secret Transmission and Zengbis will have links to their podcast on the blog post as well. This is also a great place for you to communicate with us if you have a recent release or an old favorite you'd like us to talk about in the future or any constructive criticism we are thankful for. So I'd like to thank everyone once again for tuning in. Next week, we are going to talk about the 2017 remake or reboot or whatever we're calling it of Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. I can't sing the song because I'm not paying copyright money. (laughs) Uh, Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next week. Bye.